Seth was just 15 years old and living in Florida. On the day he was murdered, was it out of revenge or just cold blood? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sentenced. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. And we have really big news! We do! You tell them. I don't want to tell them. It's your news. Okay. I am officially engaged. I'm so excited. Me too. (laughs) It was amazing. We had a great week in Hawaii. We were in Kauai, and um, AJ and I went with my parents, my sister, and her roommate, and then... Halfway through our trip, my I have a cousin that lives in Maui, and he came, and I thought he was just, like, coming to hang out, but he does actually really cool videography and photography for um, this whole crew that does kind of extreme sports in Hawaii, so they do cool, like, cliff jumping, um, like, all this, all these crazy fun sports, and so I was like, oh, that's cool that he's here. He's just going to hang out with us, and then <laughs> AJ and I went on this hike at this crazy hike oh my gosh I thought I was gonna die it was the hardest hike I'd ever done in my life and we saw these cool waterfalls and he was just like yeah maybe bring a dress or something for after our hike and I mean for me I was like yeah I'll bring a dress for a hike that's like totally (laughs) practical but it, it was a little strange coming from him so um I had the dress in my bag and so after our hike we just kind of got freshened up and he took me to this lookout and it was beautiful. It was incredible. And then we saw this little setup of all these like gorgeous Hawaiian flowers. And he's like, oh, let's go take pictures by that. And I was like, okay. And so <laughs> we like walk over there and there's rose petals on the ground. And we're just surrounded by these really beautiful bouquets of flowers. And he asked someone to like take a picture of us or whatever. So we're taking these pictures, and then I don't even see my cousin in the background, like, with his professional (laughs) camera, like, taking all these pictures, and then he's like, okay, let's switch sides, and then, so as we're kind of, like, maneuvering, he got down on one knee, and he said some really sweet things, which I'm just going to keep to myself, um... And yeah, I, I like, it's funny cause like in the pictures, like there's a couple of me standing and then like the rest of me are just like on the ground, <laughs> like lower than with him because my knees kind of like gave out, I think. And I started crying. And so it was very emotional and very exciting. And, um, and then after I said, yes, my family, like <laughs> they were like lurking in the bushes. And so my parents and my sister and her friend came out and, we all were just very excited, and after we took some more pictures, he had this picnic set up at this other spot, so they had these beautiful rugs, and then there was like a really low table um, set up with all these pillows for us to sit at, and it was all decorated very aesthetically pleasing with all these like white linens and an umbrella, and it had like a charcuterie board or whatever with like salami and cheese just, just call it a charcuterie board that's what everybody calls it now <laughs> a charcuterie board yeah so a it was board. it was really cute and we're very excited and um 
Yeah, I mean, it's really fun being engaged. We actually haven't seen each other since the day after we got engaged because <laughs> he's got some family stuff. Um, but I miss him and I can't wait for him to get home so we can start planning a wedding. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know if you're going to get married this year, next year? Um, so I think it'll probably be 2024. Um, we, right now we're thinking destination. So <gasps> pack your bags because we're going to Greece. Shut up. That's awesome. Well, I don't know if it's for sure going to be Greece, but that's one that's on our radar. Are you going to invite people or is it going to be just the two of you and like a few people? No, I think that we would... It wouldn't be like an elopement because I definitely want my family to be there, but I am thinking on the smaller scale. So, you know, just like very minimal friends and family and then having like a big reception after mm -hmm. something that everyone can kind of afford to go to because a destination wedding, there's a lot of costs associated with that. So, yeah, not to put you on the spot, but am I invited? Yeah, that's why I said pack your bags. Okay. I wasn't talking to our okay. listeners. <laughs> I was like, maybe she's just talking to, like, her family. I'm like, okay, I'll just stay here. It's fine. No, you would be invited for sure. Yay. Yeah. I, okay. Like, I've just been kind of, like, doodling, like, a potential invite list, and you and Robert were on there, so. Yay. Yeah. I'm excited. We're going. Yay. Wherever it is, we'll go. So, yeah, that's my exciting news. Well, that's awesome. It's, like, the best exciting news ever. Yeah, and it's going to be really hard I guess, like redesigning my signature because writing my first name and last name right now is really easy, but AJ's last name is, has a lot more going on than mine does. I still don't know how to pronounce it. Like I don't even try. So, so. if he wants to edit <laughs> this part out, he can. It's up to him, editor's discretion, but it's Bereksazi, which is B-E-R-E-G-S-Z-A-S-Z-I. So I don't envy you at all. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a fun one to write, but maybe it's... It'll be good. I, I'll just do a scribble. It'll be cute. Well, like, my last name went from Lee, L-E-E, -E, to Weidman, which is, like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I went from having three letters to seven. Yeah. And so now it's just, like, my full name is very long. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, there's too many letters. Yeah. I don't think I've seen your, like, I've never, because I know when we worked together, I would see your signature a lot. Because, like, we were always signing legal documents and stuff. But I've never seen your signature, like, since you've gotten married. Because, like, I mean, we've been to restaurants and stuff, but I'm not, like, looking at their receipt. Like, oh, that's how she yeah. does it. <laughs> how much does she tip, actually? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, honestly, I just do the W. I don't even try to spell it out. Yeah. It's just, like, my first name and then W, mm. and then that's it. Yeah. Robert says it looks like a butt. So. <laughs> I like it. Just... Just channeling my inner Tina Belcher. It's fine. Cute. Cute, cute. <laughs> well, I don't have any exciting news. Um, we went to... Oh, well, I guess we went to Disneyland since the last time we talked, which was a lot of fun because we did Disneyland right before you guys went to Hawaii, so... Oh, yeah. Um, we went for my birthday, my golden birthday, so it was just the two of us, and we had a lot of fun. There was... A lot of stuff that we did, our feet were killing us. It was two days of Disneyland and then California Adventure. But a lot of the cast members made it extra magical, so it was even more special. Um, so And it, it kind of rained on the second day, which going to Disney when it's raining is kind of fun. Um, but we had, we had a really good time. Good. Yeah. 
So other than that, I don't have any life updates. Okay. So do you want me to just jump on into today's tale? Let's do it. Let me brace myself. Okay. Take a deep breath. <laughs> Go from yeah, a real so high point to a real low point. Let me push my mic back because I think it's a little close. Can you still hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, today's story is, they're all going to be sad, but this one in particular is about teenagers and it, it's very tragic and it's kind of graphic. I don't go into too much detail, but definitely wish we had some palate cleansers of some sort in the middle of me telling you this, this story. Okay. So we're just going to jump right on into it. Seth Jackson was born February 3rd, 1996 in Bellevue, Florida, and was the youngest of three boys. Seth seemed to have a fairly normal childhood, and when he was 15, he attended Bellevue High School. Seth had dreams of becoming a UFC fighter, and his parents actually agreed to enroll him in classes when he turned 18. So they were definitely supportive, which is kind of rare, especially when your child wants to fight people for a yeah, living. Yeah, for but real. They were like, yeah, once you turn 18, we'll sign you up for classes so you can get started on that journey. Um, it was also mentioned that Seth loved animals. So, Aww. all in all, normal teenager with goals in life and seemed to be a pretty much a good kid. Okay. Um, we'll share pictures of him, but he was the epitome of a young teen boy in 2010. He had, like... The long Justin, hair. Yeah, yeah, the Justin Bieber-esque hair. Like, he's been wearing a beanie, so just the ends of it are flipped out. He is a cutie pie. He is so adorable. And so that's... It doesn't help the story when, like, the people involved are just young and little cutie pies. Mm. And he's around the same age. He would have been the same age as my one of my brothers. So Ugh. it definitely hits a little different, too, because it's like he could be... My brother's age, living a life, having kids, you know, yeah, and personal. unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately he's not, and he's not here with us anymore. Oh, so gosh. Seth, not my brother. Sorry. I don't, I didn't want to sound like my brother died. <laughs> so sorry, Brian, you're still alive. I know you're listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Brian. <laughs> uh, in December, 2010, Seth began dating 15 year old Amber Wright, who lived in nearby Summerfield. Uh, the two towns, Summerfield and Bellevue, were maybe like 10 minutes by car. Um, obviously, they didn't have cars, so they were riding their bikes or on foot. Um, so it, it would turn into like 30 to 45 minutes to get from one place to another. But when you're a kid, that's not that bad. What? Sorry. What state is this in again? Florida. Okay. Because I know you said Bellevue and my brain automatically wants to go to like Washington. Washington. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> uh inside joke sorry um okay the two would go on to date for about three months and the two of them it's reported that they enjoyed smoking weed together and just having fun and they would do this with amber's 16 year old half brother kyle hooper uh, but soon seth started speculating that amber was cheating on him with 18 year old michael bargo a friend of kyle's so mm. three months in and it's already going downhill it's like, why, at that point, like, why even stay in the relationship if it's 90 days in and you're already like, mm, I think that there's someone out there that's a better match. You know what I mean? It's not like you've invested a ton of time. Not that I'm shaming or judging anyone. I'm just... Listen, when I was 15, I dated an 18-year-old, because um, he was a senior, I was a freshman. I was in love with him for, like, three years. So, I get it. <laughs> 
Being a teenager in love is not fun. No. Oh my gosh. I feel like everything is so amplified when you're a teenager. It's like if you're all of your emotions are just everything is so much more intense as an adult. Not to say that you don't still feel love deeply or anything like that, but it's everything is just like if you like a TV show, you love that TV show. Like same thing with a sport or whatever it may be. Everything is just super passionate. Yeah, I don't miss being a teenager no. at all. If anything, I miss, like, junior high because you weren't quite a teenager yet. But high school, I don't ever want to do that again. Like, people, a lot of people peaked in high school. I was not one of those no, people. And, like, I hated it there. I wanted to get out of there as soon as possible, so. I still haven't peaked. <laughs> Shut up. You're so stupid. I'm just waiting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, just after his speculations began, the relationship would become very toxic, and they would break up in March 2011. Amber officially started seeing Michael, and this would begin the Facebook war between her and Seth. Mm. The two would go back and forth with allegations, Seth accusing her of cheating throughout their entire relationship, and accusing her of smoking meth, and she accused him of cheating on her. Very childish high school drama I'm so glad we didn't have to deal with Facebook battles. I like, I also feel, I I could be wrong on this, but I feel like meth isn't the kind of thing that you just casually smoke. Like, I feel like it's not just like, oh, like maybe I'll smoke some meth today. Maybe I won't. I feel like either you smoke it or you don't. I don't know. If you saw like pictures of this girl, like you definitely may think that she did. I don't know. She's, she's so fucking ugly. And I think that's just because I'm so (laughs) mad at her. Like, just you'll 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 hate her too like as the story goes on so I can say that now but it's just she's a horrible human being and in Seth's defense he said a lot of horrible things about her and about other people on his Facebook and you can still see it online like you can just google Seth Jackson what's her last name right with a w it's funny because I I'm searching a picture of her and we'll post pictures of them. Ooh, but it's like um, I started typing Amber and it of course Amber Heard comes up and I'm like mm. <laughs> Amber Turd. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ugh, okay. According to Michael, um, he was not actually dating Amber. He was dating a girl out of town. Um, and there were speculations that him and Amber were sleeping together, but he says that that never happened. So it's a lot of he said, she said. Unfortunately, that's what you're going to get when you've got a bunch of teenagers. Um, he claims they were just friends. However, he had an alarmingly strong hatred towards Seth from the start. Mm. This stemmed from Amber telling Michael that Seth allegedly abused her during their three-month-long relationship. And I'm not going to say that abuse doesn't happen in teenage relationships but it's very rare and I just feel like I don't know what happened but I to me knowing her now I feel like it was all fabrication right especially from what it sounds like from his parents he was a pretty responsible stand-up kid yeah and speaking of parents according to Seth's mom Sonia Michael came to their house one day and confronted him and threatened, I have a bullet with your name on it. Wait, what? Yeah. Michael so this did that? Yeah, so this 18-year-old kid came to a 15-year-old boy's house and threatened him saying that he had a bullet with his name on it. Um, did that get reported to the police immediately? It doesn't sound like it. And 
it makes me really sad because I feel like if it had, it probably could have been addressed sooner because Michael already had a criminal record of theft and openly carrying a firearm. So he did have a gun. Oh my god! He's 18 years old and has a gun. I remember one time I called, <laughs> I was in second grade and I just watched, um, one of, I think scary movie three and I had called a friend and I left a voicemail and I was like, you're going to die in seven days. <laughs> well, <laughs> the mom found out it was me and she confronted me because she was a teacher at the school and she was just like, you know, I could report you for that. That's not funny. You shouldn't leave messages like that saying that you're going to kill somebody. And I was like, it was just a joke. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was probably in fifth grade and I had one of those, I had a binder that had like, you know, you would put pictures like in your, in the clear cover of your binder and there was yeah. like the there was like a portrait of me and my siblings and um like one that you get done at like Sears or something like nothing too extravagant and there is this kid in my class and he was like you know what i do to blonde people i come into their house and kill them and i was like Ew. whatever fuck off but my teacher overheard it and so like i had to talk to my teacher my principal my parents came in it ended up i was in 5th grade at the time the cops ended up coming in and talking to me and we filed a restraining order against that kid. And so anytime like I, if I wanted to go to the school dance, like he couldn't go to the school dance and he had to be taken out of like my classes and put into different classes, which is crazy. And it might seem a little extravagant, but now that I'm an adult, I understand how like these are really important things to proceed with. Right. Because yeah. Okay. Maybe it's a little, like overprotective or whatever, but I mean, at the same time, I don't think you can be too cautious. No, and and like this is the same time I was growing up because Seth was only three years younger than me, so it's like roughly in the same grades. I would have been a senior in high school when this was happening, so he would have been a freshman ish. Mm-hmm. And it's like if that happened at my school, it definitely would have been an investigation. But it wasn't happening at school; it was happening outside of school. And from what it sounds like, and I'm going to get a little bit into this, is that none of these kids were supervised. Mm. And from what I was reading, like, I was looking at the Facebook post, and Amber and Seth were just going back and forth, back and forth. And he was calling her all kinds of names and uh, claiming that she was cheating. And he go, she goes, it's really funny of you to accuse me of cheating when we were basically living together during those three months. So it sounds like she was staying with him a lot or he was staying with her. I I don't really know, but it sounds like there wasn't a whole lot of adult supervision. That's But it's interesting. Yeah, but it is interesting that his mom did overhear that conversation and didn't. I don't know if she did anything or not. I mean, there's no record. Hindsight, hindsight's 2020. Right. I mean, she probably just heard it and was just like, "Okay, that kid's not allowed to come over here ever again." Right. But probably never expected that he would end up around this person again at, in the future. So you can't blame her. No. So they broke up in March. So in early April, Michael and Kyle, and Kyle again is Amber's brother. There's so many people involved that I just, I want to reiterate. Seth is the victim here. Mm-hmm. Amber's the ex-girlfriend. Kyle is Amber's half-brother. Michael is Kyle's friend who was also supposedly fooling around with Amber. Okay. Because we're about to get two more people thrown into the mix here. Oh, man. Uh, So in early April... (laughs) 
In early April, Michael and Kyle challenged Seth and one of his friends to a fight at mutual friend, 18-year-old Charlie, and I think it's Eli or Ellie, it's E-L-Y, I don't know. Okay. But they, Kyle and Michael challenged Seth and his friend to a fight at Charlie's house. Okay. Charlie is 18, and she lives in this trailer in Summerfield. Um, when Seth and his friend showed up at the house, they heard a gunshot and quickly left. Michael later admitted that he did shoot his twenty two caliber revolver at the boys to scare them. I don't I don't know if that's true, but nobody got injured in this incident, but that's what happened. Yeah. Um, Charlie, again, who's 18, the house was described as a flop house, and she would have friends stay with her while her husband was in jail to help pay with the rent. Charlie's husband? Yes. Okay, so, so Charlie's she's older. She's 18. What? Yes. 18, living in this house, has random people staying with her to help her pay rent, and her husband is in jail. Oh, Charlie. Yeah. So, all these friends would just kind of end up at Charlie's house, staying the night, staying a few nights, staying weeks, just kind of just like a party house. And it's a, it's not a house. It's a fucking trailer, and it looks awful. We'll post a picture on Instagram, because I found a couple of them, and... I would never want to stay there unless I wanted to get, like, tetanus. Mm. Like, it's just, it's just gross. Dirty people. On April 17th, Michael told Kyle that he needed to kill Seth. And Kyle agreed. What? Kyle, yeah, these, these children. (laughs) Kyle was on the same page because Seth allegedly threatened to burn down his house. Kyle was also dating a girl named Alyssa, and when she broke up with him, Kyle went to her house to try to talk to her, but he found Seth in her bed. Um, So now Kyle is even more pissed at Seth. Because now Seth is going, okay, I get it. In, In Alyssa's defense, she did break up with Kyle, but still moved on very quickly, and it happened to be... Kyle's sister's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, that's like a power move. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, love triangles happening. Are these like story. the only teenagers in this neighborhood? Like, is, <laughs> is there not like a big like selection? I, that... I, I don't know, but they're all involved with each other and it's very messy. Uh, in return, Kyle stole Seth's bike. Michael would continue plotting Seth's death by roping in Amber, Charlie, and 20-year-old Justin Soto. So, Justin, who went by Roach, I'm just referring to him as his legal name, which is Justin. Um, You don't want to call him Roach over and over again? (laughs) No, that's so stupid. Um, He gets kind of just thrown into the mix, but he was definitely involved. Michael asked Amber to lure Seth to Charlie's home by convincing him they they could rekindle their relationship. And once they would get... Once they got him to Charlie's trailer, the group would ambush Seth and Michael would shoot him. All of the teens and young adults had been temporarily living with Charlie, so it wasn't weird that they were all at the home when Seth arrived. So this was the plan. They set it in motion. This is what they were going to do. And he, I'm assuming he arrived by himself. Uh, yes. So that night, Amber would begin executing their plan. She texted Seth that, that she wanted to work things out and asked him to meet her at Charlie's. Seth was actually initially suspicious and texted her, quote, Amber, if you have me jumped, I will never give you the time of day, unquote. 
Amber responded with a text that read, I can never do that to you. I just want you and me back. So he he immediately knew that something was up. Yeah, that, he had like a gut feeling. Yeah. And I mean, like, he's literally going into the lion's den. There's all these people there and he knows that half of them don't even like him. But I mean, he's a kid. Yeah. And that sucks, too, that he, okay, if you have an inkling about someone and you you think that this person has the potential or they have it in them to arrange something like that, and I'm not victim shaming, I'm just putting this out there for anyone that might be going through a similar thing, but it's like, if you think someone has the capacity to do that, stay the fuck away from them. Yeah. And what also really bothers me about this is because I remember high school, and I remember, like, when you would have your friend text somebody else and then you would read those text messages out loud and you would yes. just like giggle and laugh. Like, you know, they were sitting there and Amber, dumb bitch Amber, was just reading all these text messages out loud and they were all just laying into him about how desperate he was because like, she's just like, hey, I want to rekindle this. And he's like, okay, yeah, I agree. I really want to be with you too. So you know that she's just reading these out loud and they're just making fun of him. That's horrible. People are so cruel. It just, it makes me so sad. Like, sure, they never admitted that that's what they were doing. And if they did, like, I hate them. But you know that's what was happening. Well, yeah, I mean, we were all teenagers. And I don't think you or I was ever part of something that terrible. But, I mean, it's just based on your own insecurities. I was insecure in high school. So, I, you know. I'm so insecure now. Like, I'm 29 years old. Like, you know, in high school, it's it's even more escalated, even though there's nothing wrong with you and you're, you're most likely drop-dead gorgeous or handsome at that time, but you still have a warped sense of view, and that's just... That's how it is when you're a teenager. Hormones suck. I know, and I can't even imagine what it's like to be a teenager now with everything like Instagram and influencers and all that bullshit. I cannot even imagine. If you're a teenager right now, props to you, because... It's hard even as an adult. Yeah, it is really hard. That's why I have to take little hiatuses away from yeah. social media because, like, Instagram is very toxic, and I'm so glad it came out my senior year of high school, so it was still brand new. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we had MySpace, and if somebody removed you from their top, top whatever, yeah, yeah oh. it was, like, a big deal. And then, like, to piss people off even more, you would lower it to just, like, top your three. top three. Mm-hmm. So then it was just like, oh, only these three people. I don't even have a top eight anymore. Yeah, like I'm this elitist and this exclusive yeah. <laughs> with who I choose to. That was that was really screwy when they came out with like, uh, it was already messed up to begin with, but. I am kind of sad because I deleted my MySpace and I kind of wish I could still get in there and look at all my Me pictures. Me too. I've tried and there's no way. <sighs> no, some people like didn't delete their accounts, but I full blown deleted mine. I did too. I didn't just. I didn't just, like, log out one day and never go back. I've just fully deleted it. I did, too. Big mistake. (sighs) Huge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so back to the story. A friend of Seth's, Brittany Jones, was with him when he got the text and even told him not to fall for it. But he wanted to reconcile with Amber and went on his way to Charlie's house. Remember, he is on foot because Kyle stole his bike a few days before, so... This poor kid is making his, like, 30 to 45-minute walk to Amber, or no. to Charlie's trailer. Oh, my gosh. Always bring a friend with you, no matter where you're going, buddy system. Well, I mean, when I was online dating, I would always tell people where I was, but it's, like, nine times out of ten, if something happens, it's probably already too late. 
That's true. So, yeah. If you could double date or if you can bring somebody with you, I mean. Or just go to a public place. Never somebody's home. Go. <laughs> like, okay, so me and AJ met online and our first date was at my house. But we, that, uh, we, technically we met online, but I knew a lot of people that knew him from other aspects of life. And so. Didn't you guys start dating during COVID too? So yes. it was a little different. Yeah, we kind of didn't really have a choice. We started dating during COVID, but we had mutual friends. So we knew who one another was. And I would always like, I would take a screenshot of his profile and I would send it to someone. But they <laughs> just, just be like, this is who I'm meeting tonight. But they also say, um, like when you meet up with that person, like if you're going in a car, take a picture of his license plate or his driver's license. And if they have nothing to hide, then it's like, shouldn't be a big deal. Right? Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of online dating in, like, 2012 to 2013 before I met my ex. And I would always text my friend. I think I can name drop him. Hey, Cheyenne. Um, I would always text him and tell him where I was going because he was my best friend. And I was just like, hey, if something happens to me, this is the address. This is who I'm with. And he would do the same thing with me because it was just, like, safer that way. Right. And I was like, if you do not hear from me at this time, something happened. Is this the Cheyenne that claims to be your best friend on Facebook? Claims? You're so <laughs> salty. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So salty. Okay, but I better be asked to be at least a bridesmaid. I know I'm not going to be a matron of honor, but now that we're talking about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like telling my, I already told Robert, because like, again, I knew that you were getting engaged, because like. I knew everything. I was waiting, too. I was like, he hasn't done it yet. Kara hasn't told me they've gotten engaged. Like, why hasn't he done it yet? <laughs> well, then you sent me that text message, and you're like, I hope you're having the best time. And I was like, mm, she's so sweet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, mm, you were just fishing. A little bit. Just a little bit. Anyway, I told Robert. I was like, I have to compete with her sisters for, like, bridesmaids and everything. And I'm just like, I hope she picks me for something. Yeah, but totally. No, No pressure. No pressure. I mean, to be fair, I wa- you weren't a bridesmaid in my wedding, so... But that's a little bit different, because technically we were still working together when all of that happened, and so it would have been... I understand. And you... I think you told me, too. You were like, I, I want you to be in my wedding, but... I totally would have had you in my wedding, and I invited you to my bachelorette party, and then obviously things fell apart um, for the better, but not like with us, but you know what right, I mean. Right. So, I mean, it was... It worked out, and it's like, yeah, if I could do it all over again, I would definitely have added you to our wedding party, and I wouldn't have taken anybody out. No. It would have just been an odd number. Yeah, and that's <laughs> something that I've realized, too. It's like, you have to just do whatever you want to do, and if people think it's weird that you have, like, an odd number, or if people think it's weird that, like, you're in the wedding, or you invited but this, this person, but not this person, it's like, well, screw them. It's your wedding. You do what you want. That's why we're like, okay, we're, we're just going to... Do a destination wedding, and if it if people are mad about that, then, like, I mean, it's my day. Like, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> well, that and, like, I just, a lot of people get married before their wedding anyway. Like, they go to the courthouse and get all the documentation, and people don't even know it. Right. Because it's just easier to file it then and there. And if I had a choice, I would redo my wedding all over again, and I would have gotten married at Disneyland with just ten people. Like, I really wanted to. Yeah. You guys can always cost... do that. You can do that for, like, an anniversary or, like, a vow renewal or something cool like that. Yeah, we'll probably do a vow renewal at, like, 20 years because, like, 
10 years is too short of time. And I feel like 20 would be cool because hopefully we'll have kids by then and they'll get to experience it, but we'll see. Just redo the whole wedding and this time I'll go and I'll be in the party. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, that was a... Anyway, back to the story. Don't know how we got sorry, there. Sorry for all the tangents, everybody. <laughs> so I think it's just because the story is really sad and I just want to keep breaking it up because like I hate it. It makes me so mad. Yeah, I feel like it's important to kind of take little breaks here and there. And also yeah, ADHD. That too. Um, so when Seth arrived at the trailer, Charlie opened the door and welcomed him inside. Once inside, Seth sat in a chair, and immediately, Kyle and Justin came out from a back room and started beating Seth with a 2x4 and a wooden axe handle. During all the chaos, the two girls fled to a bedroom and barricaded themselves in. While Kyle and Justin were beating Seth, Michael comes out and starts shooting at him. What? Yeah, just wildly shooting at him. Not what even... Yeah, psychopath, I swear. While wounded, Seth actually manages to make his way out of the house, but Justin tackles him and Michael shoots Seth in the back of the head. Kyle and Justin drag him back into the house and into the bathtub. The whole time they're dragging him, they're kicking and beating him. Once he's in the tub, the boys start to break his kneecaps and they realize he's still alive, so Michael shoots him in the face. Oh my god. So, this poor kid... Is just brutalized. Like, he cannot even defend himself. And he even gets shot in the back of the head and still is alive after that. And they don't even realize that he's still alive until they're, like, physically breaking his kneecaps. And we find That's out disgusting. that the... Yeah, these people suck. I, I, I seriously don't understand how you can even harm another person and, like, how your body allows you to do that. Yeah, well, I'll go into it a little bit more later, but it, we come to find out that there were a lot of drugs involved, and not that that's a reason to kill somebody, but I mean, it definitely would like lower. help somebody to be numb to what they're okay. doing. It's just so, another reason why you sh like, shouldn't do drugs. Yeah, don't do drugs. Dare. <laughs> uh, so Kyle, Justin, and Michael... And this is the reason why they were breaking his kneecap. So the three of these boys put Seth's body into a sleeping bag and set up a bonfire to burn his body. While the body is burning, they get bleach and start cleaning the house. Once the body is fully burned, they start putting the remains in five-gallon paint buckets. What? They hit the paint. Yeah. The... This is what gets me is that, like, it was totally planned out. Like, they, they knew what they were doing. Um... And that, the fact that people can have the wherewithal to do all of this and not, not a single one of them is just like, hey, maybe we shouldn't break his kneecap so he'll fit in a sleeping bag. Maybe we shouldn't burn his body. Maybe we should call the cops. Not a single one of them. And there's five of them in the house? I don't understand that. That doesn't, I mean, these people must yeah. just have no conscience. Well, and, like, from what it sounds like is the girls were in another room during all of this, but they're hearing everything happen. They knew what was going on. They were in on the plot to get him to the house, and it's, like, Charlie is the homeowner here or the one on the lease. I don't really know. It says multiple sources said rent or homeowner, so I don't mm. know what she was doing. It doesn't matter. But, like, you're an adult. 
Justin's an adult, and Michael's an adult. We have three adults and three teenagers. Yes, 18 is a very young adult, but still, an well, adult in the, I mean, in the court of law, it's a, there's a big difference. Right, exactly. Like, I moved out at 19. Like, I was mature enough to go out and rent a place at 19 yeah, years old. Yeah, you can old, join so the I mean, army. You can go fight for our country, so... Exactly. So, they hid the paint buckets in a dumpster until the next day when Kyle and Amber's stepfather, 37-year-old James Havens... Oh, my gosh. Could help, them, <laughs> could help them tie the buckets to cinder blocks and throw them into a rock quarry. Wait, what? Yep. So, he so he must have known what was going on the whole time? Um, I don't think he knew the extent of things. I think it was more so that Kyle was just like... Hey, stepdad, uh, we killed this kid and we need your help disposing of the body. And stupid stepdad was just like, okay, I'll come help. Um, I have questions. Yeah, same. Um, I saw different reports, though, saying he was their stepfather. And then I did see one report saying it was their mother's ex-boyfriend. More more reports saying it was their stepfather. But either way, he was a grown-ass, nearly 40-year-old man. Mm. So... No excuse. Seth's parents reported him missing the next morning when he didn't return home. Once his missing report started airing on the news, Kyle started getting nervous and actually confessed to his mother. He initially confessed minor details, but he basically told her he had information on what happened to him, and she immediately reported their, reported it to the police. So this is the first person in this entire scenario that actually kind of did the right thing here. Yes, so... It's the next day, Kyle just gets a guilty conscience because now he's seeing the reports on the air. And I don't necessarily think it was a guilty conscience. I think it was that he knew he was going to get caught eventually, and he wanted to get in front of it. Okay. So, the police were able to arrest and interrogate all the parties involved except for Michael and James. James was the dad, or the stepdad? Yeah, so... It turns out James gave Michael a ride to um, an out-of-town girlfriend, and so that's why they couldn't initially get James. But also, they didn't know James was involved at first either until Kyle confessed that he was. So James and Michael are just, like, out of the picture for now. Even though they're trying to find Michael, Michael's an hour and a half away. Mm, okay. During the interrogations, all of the suspects denied involvement and gave very brief details about what happened. Justin denied everything, but Amber and Charlie blamed everything else on Michael. Justin went so far as to say he didn't even know Seth and wasn't at the house that night. Um, you can actually watch their interrogation tapes. Um, there's a YouTube channel that I saw. I think it's called... Um, Oh my gosh, what is it called? It's called EWU. It's like the the acronym for it, but I forget what it's called. It's like something explore. Oh, explore with us is what it's called. Okay. And they have like over an hour long video of these interrogations, which is actually how I found this story. And if you want to hate these people as much as I do, watch their interrogation okay. tapes because they're all stupid. They're all so immature. Justin's literally just like, I don't even know the kid. I wasn't there. And the investigators are like, well, you live there, right? And he's just like, yeah, but I was out of, I was, I was gone that night. And they're like, oh, how did you get those scratches on your legs? Oh, I went walking through the woods. Mm. The investigators are like, 
you don't just get scratches like that walking through the woods. He's like, yeah, you yeah, do. Especially that's if how you, I like, got know them. how to walk. Like, if you know right? how to walk, you know, like, not to walk into trees and shit. Right? You're not just, like, walking through down branches and stuff. <laughs> like, getting scratched up on your legs. That's, like, this is, you don't knowingly this is part walk of through poison ivy. <laughs> yeah. And then the girls are blaming everything on Michael. And in the interrogation tapes, they refer to him as Mike. I don't have enough respect for either him or Justin to go by their nicknames. Yeah, they don't so. get nicknames. No, they're Michael and Justin. Um, but both the girls were just like, oh, Michael was crazy. It was all his idea. He wanted to hurt him. But they never say, like, what exactly happened. The girls were just like, we were so scared, so we hid in the room. Um, and it's like, no, sis, like, that's not what happened, but okay. Well, even if, like, you... if. If something was going on like that, you still could have gotten off of your ass and called the cops or called someone or stepped in to help or called it off. Or there's a million different things that you could have done. Just sitting in a room does not make you innocent. They clearly had cell phones because they were texting Seth to come over. So they probably had their phones on them. They could have called the police at any minute. Yeah. Kyle, on the other hand, was an open book with investigators and told them everything. Um, To an extent. Like, he was forthcoming but still he kind of blamed Seth for himself being murdered which really bothers me like he is victim shaming he's just like oh well Seth did this and he was sleeping with my girlfriend and he was hitting my sister and it's like that doesn't give you a reason to kill somebody Mm -hmm. he so during the investigation Kyle started by saying that he was in a bad headspace because he was fighting with his biological father He would lean on his stepfather for advice and decided to move in with Charlie. Kyle moved into Charlie's house on the day of the murder. Once he got to Charlie's, Michael was already there and high on pills. Kyle partook in substance use that night, but it was unclear on what he took other than smoking weed. Investigators believe that this added to them deciding to murder Seth that night. So, like I said earlier, there were lots of drugs involved. We don't know who was doing what. Kyle just kept saying that Michael was taking pills, like, and the investigators were like, what kind of pills? And he's just, oh, white pills. So, um, still, like, giving information, but not giving enough at the same time. There's a lot of white pills out there. Exactly. During his interrogation, Kyle said he didn't want to be a part of it, and that Michael would take the blame for everything. Again, he deflected the blame on Seth himself for being a bad person and Michael for wanting to commit the murder. But he does admit that everyone was in on the plot to murder Seth. So it's kind of this weird dichotomy with Kyle where, like, one minute he's wanting to admit everything, the next minute he's he's not fully to blame, and it was all Michael's idea. So he's just... Erratic. Yeah. So he confesses to how the murder happened. Seth came in and sat on a chair, and then he and Justin started beating him. Once Seth was dead, Kyle confessed that Michael completely lost it, and after burning the body, he took Seth's tongue and was playing with it and was picking teeth out of his skull. Ooh, I need a second here to let that <laughs> to let that sink in. Um, that's really disturbing. Yeah, so... According to Kyle, again, Michael was the reason why that this this happened to begin with. And after 
he's dead. They burn his body and his skull is still like intact. And so he said that Michael picked up the skull, took the tongue out, was playing with it, and was picking his teeth out of the skull. Yeah. Do you know how hard that is to do? Yeah. So I, from what I, from the video I watched, they were mentioning that, um, the people analyzing the video said that this was probably Michael's way of reliving the murder hours after it happened. So he's still on that high of like, oh, I murdered somebody. And I'm like reliving some of that by basically mutilating the body. Oh, God. That's so. Yeah. Mm. So Michael is super stable. Yeah. Is his frontal lobe okay? I don't think so. Kyle's confession helped investigators to get Charlie, Amber, and Justin to confess to their involvement as well as implicating his stepfather, James. So after investigators talk to Kyle, because they've already talked to everybody else, they talk to Kyle, Mm -hmm. and then they pull everybody else back into the room and they're like, listen, Kyle confessed everything. We know what happened. All of a sudden, everybody else's stories start to crumble. They're basically, it was Michael's idea. The girls are still saying that they hid in the room, but Amber does confess that she did lure Seth to the house Justin all of a sudden changes his story and that he was there and he was involved in helping to murder this child. Once they all confessed, investigators placed all of them into a room with cameras rolling. Oh, I love when they do this because people are so freaking stupid. What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Well, yeah, exactly. They put all four of them in the same room together after everybody's confessed. And initially, it was the two girls and Kyle. Justin was the last one to come in. The girls immediately start breaking down um, and throwing basically just a pity party for themselves. Charlie is more upset that her husband's going to leave her. He's not going to wait for her to get out of prison. Um, He's in jail already. Exactly. (laughs) And then Amber was upset that she wouldn't get out until she was, like, 20. Oh, honey. Yeah. She's 15 years old. She really thinks that she's only getting five years for this. Ooh. And guess what? Absolutely none of them showed remorse for Seth. Mm. These people suck. The next day, Michael was found an hour and a half from Summerfield in Stark, Florida. He was staying with an out-of-town girlfriend's family, and while he was there, he proudly confessed to murdering someone. Wait, what? Yeah, so... James, the stepdad, gave Michael a ride to Stark, Florida, and he was staying with a a girlfriend at the time because this guy's got multiple girlfriends for some reason. And while he was there, he started confessing to her family that he just, he murdered somebody. What the hell? Yeah, and that's why he was there. Okay, and were they chill with that? No. Okay, The girlfriend's mother called the police, and he was arrested at their home. Once in jail, he confessed to two inmates of his crimes as well. So this guy's just going around bragging to everybody about Good. I'm glad he somebody. I'm glad that he did that. Yeah, he's a, he's a dumbass. Once detectives had search warrants, they returned to Charlie's trailer and began their investigation. Obviously, they kind of knew everything that happened because of Kyle's um confession, um but they did find the gun and ammunition underneath the trailer like he said they would be, and they did find the burn pile where it would be as well. Investigators went to the quarry, and there they found um, some, but not all, of the paint buckets containing Seth's remains. 
So unfortunately, not all of them could be recovered. I think I saw that they were able to find like three of them. So there are still at least like one or two out there. Oh, that's really tragic. Yeah, I feel, I just feel so, so bad for his parents. Like you like, can't even bring all of him home. Yeah, and like he has two older brothers. Like he was the baby of, I mean, like I said, he was such a cutie pie. Like he looks like Justin Bieber, like Aww. little baby Justin Bieber. Um, and I saw that, I'll save that for later. Never mind. Okay. Although two of the suspects were underage, all parties involved were tried as adults. Good. During the trial, forensics testified that they found multiple blood splatters throughout the trailer and Seth's DNA was mixed with the defendant's. They would also testify that the remains in the buckets matched the DNA at the fire pit located next to Charlie's trailer. So there was no denying that he was, in fact, what was in the buckets. In June 2012, a little over one year after Seth's murder, all of the suspects were sentenced to life in prison except for Michael. Michael was sentenced to death, and this decision was upheld by the Supreme Court in 2021. Hell yeah. In 2016, Amber appeared for a retrial, but this would end in the same guilty verdict with a life sentence. Goodbye, bitch. <laughs> so we've got Justin in jail for life, uh, but he's sentenced to death. Amber's in jail for life. Charlie was granted an appeal and was released in 2020. No. She is 27. She was 27 years old at the time, so she's around 29 now. Ugh. So she's like she's like my age. She, she only has served her whole nine life ahead of her. Yeah, absolutely. She only served 9 years for her role in the murder of Seth Jackson. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. What the hell, Florida? Yeah. I I couldn't really find why they did that, but I mean, I mean there are reports of like the trial and everything. I just didn't go into it because it was just it was so irritating. It's just like I don't, I don't need to know. It's just gonna piss me off even right. more. Um, Justin and Kyle remain behind bars without a retrial in sight. I don't think they've won any of their appeals, so they are still serving their life sentences. And then James is also serving life for his involvement in the crimes. Kyle. The brother looks awful now, and he is covered in the worst prison tattoos ever, including a yin-yang right in the middle of his throat. Just like this big black and white yin-yang in the middle of his throat. Why? I don't know. He looks... And it's so funny because he's just like this red-headed kid. Like him and Amber, they're just both red-headed kids, like... Both, they're both red-headed stepchild. I guess, but still, it's just like... They seem just so unassuming, and they, they did this. Um, what I was going to say earlier is that this case has been referred to as the Summerfield Six. Oh, I have heard of that. And so the reason I haven't referred to it as such is because I don't want to remember the murderers. I want to remember Seth. Because he, he seemed like a pretty good kid. Yes, was he smoking weed? Yes, was he involved with somebody... He probably shouldn't have been. Absolutely, we all do that, yeah. and we all learn from it. And nothing like this is supposed to happen. Absolutely not. And so I just feel so much sadness for his family. It's really hard, too, because when you're so young, 
you really don't have a handle on trusting your instincts. So if you have part of growing up and part of being a teenager is trying to decipher like good decisions from bad decisions. And of course we still make bad decisions as an adult, but especially when you're a teenager, like you're really trying hard to do the right thing and to, you know, figure it all out. And they, it just sounds like they took advantage of him and he. Absolutely. And it, it seems like there was just not a lot of adult supervision for any of these kids. Like, I don't know about Seth. Like, it seemed like his parents really cared because they reported him missing the next day. Right. But with Amber and Kyle, like, the fact that they were just able to up and move in with this 18-year-old girl. And then during the interrogations, their mom is there. And she just seems so disconnected. And, like, she doesn't care about anything. And she... I don't even think she cries during their interrogations. I've seen other interrogations where the parents are there and they have to leave the room because they are so distraught by what their child is telling Yeah, them. that's very telling. You would think that she would have some sort of emotion first and foremost. And then, I mean, like, I would be sick to my stomach. Like, I would probably be, like, throwing up all over the place and just, like... Even if that weren't, like, your kid. Like, if Robert came to me and told me he did some shit like that, I'd be like... I don't even know what I would do. Because you're like, who are you? You're not the person that I thought you were. Exactly. So that is the very, very tragic murder of Seth Jackson. And not even tragic, just brutal. Brutal murder. Like, I didn't mention this during his interrogation, but Kyle mentioned that Michael continued beating Seth's body after... Like, he was in the sleeping bag. Like, this this kid what? was just unhinged. Absolutely unhinged. Wow. That is yeah. horrible. And you so said... Happy. Sorry, you said Michael got life, or got death sentence, right? Correct. Okay. We don't have a date yet, obviously, because this just happened in 2012, and typically cases take a really long time to actually get a date, um, but he is still sitting behind bars and he, he looks like a crazy person. Like he just, he does not look okay. Ugh. So I'm glad he's where he needs to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad that they did a really, I'm, it's so unfortunate that this happened and, you know, we feel for the family, of course, but the best thing to come out of this case is that everyone is locked up and everyone is where they should be. Well, besides that Charlie girl, but. Yeah, that's the only thing that, like, gets me. And I think it's because of how little involvement she had. Like, in, if you look at it, I mean, she was the least involved, but she still knew. It was her house. she could have stopped it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, she, they planned it all out together. It wasn't just, like, a, they all showed up and started doing this. And everybody had the opportunity to stop it or to at least report it afterwards. Is she still with her husband that was in jail? That's a really good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I want. I need to know. I need answers. Um, I can Google that really quick. Please stand there's by. Some, there's just going to be some clickety clacking in. Uh, is Charlie L-I-N-Y? I bet you she has like an Instagram and all that. Let's see. Well, they met online, and she moved to Florida from Maryland to be with... Or Maryland, sorry, not Maryland. Wow. <laughs> from Maryland to be with him. Um, a few months after they got married, he was arrested. 
So, James was not sentenced to life. I apologize. I misinformed you guys. What was he sentenced to? Looks like 30 years. And he was 37. So he'll because be he pleaded, he pleaded guilty to being an accessory. So he took a lesser sentence. Mm. So Michael was the only one sentenced to death. Correct. Uh, so that is the very tragic story of Seth Jackson. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. You're welcome. I hope you think about it and get really sad later just thinking about his cute little face and getting really angry. You should w- listen to the the interrogations because you'll just hear how stupid these people are. Yeah, they sound like a bunch of, I don't know, dumbasses. They're all just dumb. Um, but anyway... So, little news, we finished setting up the Patreon, and it is now live. So, actually, let me pull it up so I can go through the tiers with you guys. If you don't want to hear any of this, go away. Goodbye. See you in the next episode. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Okay. So, tier one. We named all of these after, like, prison terms. Tier one is called Gen Pop. It is $3 a month. With that, you get early access, ad-free content, ad-free episodes, complete post-archive, and Patreon shout-outs. Tier two is Mess Hall. With that, you get everything from tier one, and then you'll also get one additional episode per month. Um, yes, one additional episode per month. Tier three, Cell Block K, because mm-hmm. both our names start with a K. You get everything from tiers one and two. We're but so you clever. Also, I know. Okay. <laughs> Stop it. I hate you. <laughs> but you also get access to Sentenced After Dark. That one I'm excited for. We're going to have some fun with that. I'm really excited for that. So that's going to be an additional episode, but it's going to be about ghost stories, cryptids. Um, any spooky, scary skeletons that lurk in the dark. It's going to be about all that fun stuff. So I love true crime, but I also really like the spooky things too. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And then tier four is solitary confinement. I just realized I haven't been saying how much all these tiers are. So tier one was $3, tier two is five, tier three was seven, and then tier four is 15. And this is solitary confinement. You get everything from the first three tiers, plus you get free merch once that starts rolling out. We're probably going to give you free merch, what did we say, once a quarter? Mm-hmm. So every three months you'll get something from us in the mail. Um, we'll also do live streams, so interact interactive live streams with you guys, um, most likely through like Discord or Facebook. We haven't decided on which platform yet. But we'll actually be able to talk to you and interact with you guys. So those are the Patreon um, tiers. tiers that we have right now. I hope you guys like them. We want your feedback, obviously. So let us know if there's anything you would rather see or something you would like to see more of. Just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as we're continuing to build our social media, you can follow us on Instagram at sentencedpod, right? Or is it just sentenced? I think it's just sentenced. 
How did we already forget? I don't know. I'm under We're really bad pressure. at this. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at sentenced. Uh, you can email us at sentencedpod at gmail.com. And you can now find us on Facebook, sentencedpod. And then our Patreon is just under, under sentenced podcast. So we hope you guys start following us on all of those platforms or just one of them. We understand Patreon is a subscription. So if you don't want to subscribe, we completely understand. Um, I am the first subscriber that we have on there. So <laughs> uh, could you please do a shout out for me? Thank you. Me? Thank me for subscribing. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Uh, so shout out to Caitlin Weidman, our first <laughs> subscriber on Patreon. Sorry, the Zoom cut out there for a sec. So I was just like oh, blind, okay. blind there thinking that you... You're like... <laughs> I was just You're assuming like, you had do all what? Our control. <laughs> You're like, you, she's got this. It's fine. <laughs> Take it away. All right. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening, guys. And we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.